0: Uh. we be grinding all week just to find us a guest. First round of funding, it's time to invest. Pardon me if you are leave unimpressed, but pardon me if you are leave all obsessed. See, you can hold me accountable. Following my dreams and working like an animal, I'm building something tangible and
1: everything anything you can have And I'm just doing this for me, but I hope it reaches all Hello, welcome to Imposter Interrupted episode 11. Uh, the podcast is in its preteen years. We're going through puberty. We're having changes. We're seeing growth. Super, super exciting. I was gonna talk about some stuff that's happening in my personal life on this episode, but I tried a couple of takes and I realized that I'm just not ready to um, share about that right now. But I've been going through some really challenging things in my personal life that I really wish I didn't have to go through. They're like super hard. Um, But it's really been adding to the kind of, like, personal growth that's happened to me this year. I've, I'm in a relationship that makes me really happy, and I've had, like, so much stability at home in my love relationship, and it's really given me, like, the space and environment to, like, grow a lot as a person, and then things that have happened also outside of that have kind of like tested me and helped me to grow as a person so 2018 while it's been um really challenging and and sometimes like not great things have happened i've had a lot of successes and seen like what i can do and it's been really inspiring to me i'm inspiring myself so um all to say you know 2018 is winding down it's like december 2nd today and it's been crazy so i'm really looking forward to 2019 my event on november 21st meet your media mentor was a huge success in my opinion i've heard so many good things and i really felt like there was a great vibe in the room it was a full room so thank you everyone who came it was so amazing there is definitely things that i would do better next time including feed people uh advertise this podcast advertise kind of like my brand but as far as like an experience for the people I think it was really a big success and I'm very very proud of myself and everyone who showed up so let's keep that going I'm going to host another uh speed mentoring event about marketing and PR on January 9th and then f- if for anyone who's interested on January 19th I'm going to be doing a workshop so it's a called Side Hustle Huddle, and we're going to be looking at how to go from idea to execution on a side hustle. So if you've been thinking about something for a really long time and you want to kind of like workshop how to actually execute and start your side hustle, um, we're going to be looking at that. And that's going to be on January 19th. That's a Saturday. I'm using a place called The Space, which is a very cool space run by Megan Kelly, who recently you know, moved back to Montreal and she's actually created this physical space or offering this physical space for people to come together and be creative and work on their crafts. So I'm really excited to partner with her and use um, the space. So you can look it up. It's the space underscore and um megan kelly is called doing just fine on instagram and she's a pilates teacher and this space i hope that we'll be using it a lot in the future and if ever you need a space just holler at me on instagram i'm at skbabs e-s-s-k-a-y-b-a-b-s and um i can forward you her information if you want a space it's really reasonably priced she's super collaborative and i think it would just be great to Um, actually work with another woman in business when it comes to like having a physical space for your event so this week I've interviewed this was also a couple months ago I really um, (laughs) Jenna Kutcher on her podcast talks about batch work so she's she records a lot of podcasts and keeps them in the pipeline and I did that over the summer where I worked we have where I do work now we have summer Fridays so from june until august we don't work on fridays and so on fridays i was like really front loading a lot of my podcast recordings and so i still have a lot in the pipeline so this was a podcast i recorded with jess malls formerly also of mcgill she worked at um i think student life and learning and she went to strike out on her own or actually like do a really good job on her own as a life coach so her company is called inward bound you can look at it It's inward-bound.co. She offers a lot of cool workshops, and some of them are pretty reasonably priced coming up in the new year. I would really suggest checking her out. She's a very, um, like, down-to-earth, approachable, uh, accessible life coach. I really enjoyed her vibe. Um, And we talk a lot about, you know, her journey into coaching, to freelance, like how her life was because it was really not a common trajectory. She was, had substance abuse issues, was in rehab, you know, like didn't really go to university until much later as a mature student and then ended up getting a master's and really like thriving, getting to know herself. And she was really cool. And actually she was recommended by someone who uh, encouraged me to actually start this podcast, who is a teacher of mine during a continuing education course I took in organizational development so um, she was recommended by someone I think very highly of and I hope that you really enjoy this she's it's a really interesting podcast and I'm really excited for you to hear it she gives practical tips um, and I think this is a bit of a different story so I hope you enjoy thank you
2: so hi, Jess. Thank you for being here. My pleasure. Um, so we start this by I ask you what your story is like from your point of view, from the first kind of point of impact that shaped you into who you are to like who you think, who you consider yourself to be. Like, what's the story you tell?
0: Well, the truth is that that question, the first thing that pops into my head is my first conscious thought. So I I think um, I was five years old and. I had probably a series of unpleasant feelings, and my next thought was, there's something wrong with me, and I need to figure out what it is, and when I figure out what it is, then I'll, like, I can relax, and I can rest and be okay, and that led, like, started my journey of, um, I guess, like, initially, like, comparing my insides to other people's outsides, and, um, being really sensitive and really in touch with, I didn't realize that I was an empath, and I also have some clairvoyant moments, like I think a lot of people do, but I had no idea like what was going on, or why I was able to like pick up on what other people were feeling, and I was just like, I, I was absorbing way too much, and I was like, where's it, I'm like, someone dropped you me off on the wrong yeah. planet. yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's tough as a kid. <laughs> yeah. And, um, so, like, did your parents, how did your parents react when you were like, i I
0: didn't, I don't know how um, I translate, like, like, now I can speak more eloquently, so I, I can put more words to those feelings, but I remember having that thought and those feelings, and um, my parents had me extremely young, so, like, they were in their early 20s. And I think they didn't know what to do with me. (laughs) They did the best they can, and I think they were also learning how to, you know, comfort themselves, deal with their own emotions and fears and stuff, so, you know, they were doing the best they could with a highly sensitive child.
2: Yeah. And then, so how did being an empath, like, affect your preteen, your teen years, and kind of, like, into your adult years where you're making your own decisions?
0: I I think it led me
2: down a path
0: of, I was seeking something. And so I think I was like very curious and very much in my own world that I had created that I think um, I felt like extremely bored in school and disengaged and the way the um, education system was set up didn't match with my learning style mm. and I, I really just like kind of fabricated my own world which I think helped me to maintain a lot of my own like creativity and like creative rebelness um,
2: Is that what you're, that's your kind of tagline right? Yeah that's what I like to call myself. So. That's what you call yourself perfect?
0: Yeah it, it resonates.
2: And what does that mean?
0: Um I like to I like to like get to the heart of I like to dig deep and I like to like from that place expand out and like dream and use my imagination and connect with other people Um, like brainstorming is one of my favorite activities like Mm -hmm. I love to just like like let's come up with like 30 ideas maybe we'll do one or none and and, like half of them will probably be horrible ideas but there's gonna be like a gem in that and it just like builds a lot of
2: energy okay cool yeah and then so, where do you, like, consider yourself to be now? Like, who are you? Like, what do you do kind of thing? Um,
0: well, like, skipping 20 years ahead, <laughs> I, um, I think through my own journey of, like, trial and error and seeking and a lot of uncertainty and, like, not knowing, like, how do I fit in, where do I fit in, who am I, who are my people, and that's by taking a lot of like quote-unquote wrong turns, I found my way, so it's like I sort of discovered what didn't work for me by like bumping into those things and being like, ugh, <laughs> like, no not a good idea not a good plan I've always been very entrepreneurial and um, like in my early 20s had a bunch of different businesses and stuff and I liked I think I picked up a lot of different skills and tools um, that I apply now but I really thought like education school system wasn't for me and so for about six or seven years when everybody else was like finishing their undergrads. I was off doing, like, a million other <laughs> projects and, like, finding ways to make money and really learning about who I was and who I wasn't.
2: And what are some of the wrong turns that you took that helped you to, to find your it's way? It's interesting
0: because, like, I I guess... I don't know if... I don't see them as wrong turns anymore. Like, at the time, it felt like I, you know, I, I struggled with addiction and... Dealing, I think now I see this like defense mechanisms of like mm-hmm. those were the ways that I found to cope with.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of empaths struggle with addiction to kind of like focus on their own feeling feelings and like mm-hmm. drown other like other feelings out. Like when things get too much, especially when when you're like taking in so much of other people's energy. Yeah. I, I think that's quite common.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think so too. I mean, there's a lot of people that I relate with, you know, in that world that it's like struggled with addiction and found ways to either be abstinent or find sobriety and stuff but um yeah like I guess like at the time you know ending up in rehab or taking that like you know darker path seemed like a wrong turn but it just like opened so many doors and windows and um, you know, a whole other world of people for me to connect with and relate with and see that, like, how deep our common struggle is, that, like, everyone struggles or suffers with something, and one externalized form is, like, through addiction, but there's so many ways that people disconnect. Yeah. You know, and, um, and really, I guess, like, I don't know, for me, the last, like, 12 years, it's been a path of, like, Awakening and waking up to myself and waking up to my emotions and learning how to reparent myself spiritually and, and be compassionate and loving with all of those parts of myself, even the parts that I don't like. Mm-hmm. And I think all of that really helps when I'm sitting with a client, whether it's a coaching client or a company, um, where I'm able to connect. Like yeah. at a heartfelt level and kind of go right to like you know what's true here
2: and uh, you might not be able to answer this but what is like the your favorite thing you kind of like woke up to about yourself that you found out about yourself on the way and you were like this is so dope um my sense of humor
0: (laughs) i think like my capacity to take something painful and lighten it with a joke or like Play on words or something that lightens it, and then it's a way to also like connect with others and through like shared suffering. Yeah. So what whatever it's about, like I have an uncanny ability to do that. That's a really.
2: That is a really good ability. Yeah. Um. So, now you're a coach, and like you had this kind of unconventional path to get to like a pretty like professional career like where we are right now is like a very artsy place but like the actual career is like fairly um professional so how obviously we're going to talk about imposter syndrome and like how does that manifest itself given the unconventional path and given like maybe other things like that
0: well i guess i don't see the coaching that i do is that it's conventional Okay. Like on the surface or like in advertising, it's a bunch of words and then it just says like life coach, but no one knows what the process is or the depths that we're going to go to or what we're going to uncover or where someone's ready to go. Mm -hmm. So it always, it's a creative process. And for me, there's something unconventional about that. Yeah. And I think that's why like... You know, being in a creative space also inspires me just to be like in that energy. It rears its head all over the place. It depends on the day. So like, some days I wake up, so like I left my job at McGill four months ago, so I, I had ended up going back to university as a mature student and doing a degree in um, human relations and then a master's in human systems intervention where I was really interested in um, one-on-one coaching and then did a year-long coaching certification. and continued with different like trainings and stuff Mm -hmm. and I've always been entrepreneurial and you know my dream was like I want to start my own business and um, like after a few years at McGill I was like all right it's now or never this pension's getting like pretty comfortable (laughs) I guess I had the opposite thought of a lot of people I'm like I need to get out yeah ASAP like as soon as I can before I never leave and um, I think that's the right thought well Sometimes I'm like, what was it?
2: <laughs> yeah, but for a creative person, like, to be in that environment, no, it's very, it's hard, I think. Yeah. Like, in when there's, like, an institution, like, it's really good to have, like, an infrastructure, but I think if you're creative and you're, like, really want to be connected to people, to stay comfortable doesn't, like, challenge you in a, in a well yeah. and good and well enough. Yeah, and so
0: then I think with, like, imposter syndrome, it's, like... You know, I got a year... I, w- I did a master's. I've had many jobs where I'm, like, directly working with, like, help in helping people feel. And, you know, I've done, like, four or five different certifications. And I think sometimes it's, like, you just have to, like, leap and trust that your training and your own, like, trust and faith in yourself is going to catch you when you launch yourself out into uncertainty Yeah. Of, like you know, freelance world or even coaching that, you know, people are going to want to be coached by you, that your business is going to grow. And I think like some days I wake up and I feel so excited and I feel free and I'm like, oh my God, I'm living my dream. I've always, you know, those like deja vu moments where mm-hmm. I'm, like I'll, I'll feel a sense where I'm just like, oh, like I'm, I've like arrived and then like I'll wake up the next day and I'll be like, what the hell did I do? <laughs> I'm like, how am I gonna make money? Things seem so unclear. Where am I going? What is just like, I'll be flooded by questions, mm-hmm. and then I'm, and then like where imposter syndrome comes in it's like, well, I'm a coach. I should be yeah. able to coach myself <laughs> through this. And then like that's why I have a coach, and I have like other people where I can run my thoughts and feelings and process by because mm-hmm. I think I think it's like part of the journey and it clashes with expectations where like when I made that decision and leaped and was like I'm leaping into the unknown but like I'm, I, I've am i got this I sort of thought that it would just be the straight path to success or I would just be like validated by the universe in the form of money and success <laughs> and like you know just the like, typical forms of glory Yeah. and it hasn't been like that I've fallen into it feels a bit like having your eyes covered so like you can't see but you have to like trust your gut and yourself mm-hmm. and keep putting like one foot in front of the other and like money and contracts and coaching clients can't be how I determine my success yeah because a good day can't be evaluated because I got three contracts that day. Well, then what about the next week when I get zero? Yeah. Like, I can't I can't live with that up and down. So, like, I'm having to define success over, like, a broader period of, like, all right, I'm going to have to look at it over the year. Mm-hmm. And, like, what are my goals? Where do I see myself? Um, what do I want to create?
2: Yeah. So, like, this is usually my last question, but it just came up naturally. Ideally, like, how do you define success how would you like success to be defined by society i i always ask this question because like money and power don't necessarily make people happy and it's a very like masculine like framing white male framing of like success is money and power so like if we were to like all work together as women to like redefine success like what would that look like to you
0: for me it's Am I doing like? Am I working from my heart and am I? Am I? Are my like values and purpose a lot? Like, do I feel aligned when I'm doing this work? And am I creating value in the world? Mm -hmm. And that's like a. I can feel that when I when those two things like cross and I either had a coaching session with somebody where you can see when someone has a breakthrough moment or when like a light turns on or they have you know merged out of a pattern that they've been stuck in for 10 years that is a such a beautiful thing to be able to witness mm-hmm. and I think it's, it's the same thing if I'm working with a team or collaborating with someone else and we had those like creative moments where like a design just flowed and we did it with a group and it was just like on the mark yeah and I, it like for me those moments feel like my experience, my strengths and skills and my heart's desire have like collided and everything makes sense for that moment
2: yeah that's awesome that's i've never experienced that and i hope i hope i one day can describe flow to me
0: flow for me is where it's like all thought my regular like thinking companion that is always has like the same like 30 thoughts is just paused and on the shelf. And I am so focused on what I'm doing and it feels like it's coming from my feet. Like Mm -hmm. it's just like, it's effortless. And I feel like you don't feel time anymore and you also forget to eat.
2: Oh, (laughs) amazing. Again, that's happened a few times, but I really hope to experience flow more and I I'm jealous that you get to get into flow with people It's really like a lucky thing. It's also not every day. No, I know Like
0: but sometimes I have sessions where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have to look at this as a learning experience. Yeah
2: That's <laughs> true. And you have to have a lot of those to get more flow. Yeah So when imposter syndrome comes up, like how do you fight that or if you'd rather like speak in more positive words How do you like cultivate confidence?
0: I think I see that in a few different ways. When imposter syndrome comes up, I'll kind of start looking at the facts. Is this true? And if it is, then maybe that means that like I need more training, or that I shouldn't be taking on this contract that I have not the skill sets to do what <laughs> they're asking for. So for me, that means like that I need to be honest from the beginning. Yeah. So like I'll, I'll inquire with myself of like, is there truth in this? If not, then what am I believing? You know, and then is that belief true? Cause like come into contact with my own like limiting beliefs and fears and stuff, and sometimes there's a grain of truth in it, and sometimes it's just no, I need to start before I'm ready, and I need to take those steps and I need to like get into action even though I'm really afraid. Mm-hmm. And kind of just, like, e- and, and for me, either, like, talking to somebody about it, about, like, my true feelings, and not going months pretending, like, I've got all this under control, and that's been something, like, a really beautiful way for me to make connections with other, like, local entrepreneurs, of just, like, hey, what's experience for you, really, like, underneath the, like, you know, social media yeah, pit photos of, like, those highs, and it's, like, you know, I'd also be if i was honest i'd be sending pictures of like me crying yeah. like lying on the floor being like what did i do <laughs> so i don't have a perfect way but for me it comes back to mindset yeah of what am i believing and what's my perception
2: when was the first time you like heard about a limiting belief or is that something that you just kind of like intuited? intuited
0: um i think for me it was i started to hear about it in I like 12 years ago became more interested in like spirituality and like Buddhism and different lines of like faith and meditation and prayer and all of those things and I had started to hear about that then.
2: Do you have like a practical kind of like design I guess how to like catch yourself doing it and how to move on like just in the moment and I guess not permanently you know rewire your brain of those things but like something that you do that's kind of like a practical tip and and just like okay this is a limiting belief this is how I get rid of it right now and then we'll deal with it later in terms of like rooted the rooted cause
0: uh I use an approach called RAIN Mm -hmm. and I can tell if I'm suffering it's because I'm believing something that's not true but my mind is believing it um and usually I can tell because I'll be like perfectly relaxed and perfectly happy and then something, either I see something or someone says something and I get triggered and then all of a sudden I'm filled with fear and I can't feel my face Mm -hmm. and then I'm like what just happens like the first step is like awareness Mm -hmm. of first you need to be aware that like your whole state has shifted and changed and um, so like recognizing that you know something got triggered. And then um, like I guess like I see it as like a combination of like mindfulness and self-compassion and um, allowing it to be there. and kind of in that awareness, you're able to be bigger than the limiting belief and starting to inquire of like what's going on right now? can I be with this? And instead of like resisting it or pushing it away or judging it to death, Or blaming someone else it's like really turning inwards turning right towards it Mm -hmm. and starting to ask questions and sometimes it's it's a sensation thing of like finding it in your body and asking what does that part of me need and what's interesting is like it's never a mental response so if like your mind starts shooting out things it's a quieter it's a quieter response that's coming from like deeper inside of your body of like and for me it's always the same thing of like that part of me needs love and who or what can give me love, and it's, at, at the end of the day, me. Mm-hmm. So I guess I, 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 I that for me, that work, like, I think early on, I thought, like, oh, if I do this, you know, like what I was talking about at the beginning on the limiting belief that there's something wrong with me, I'll do it once, and then I'll never feel this again. Yeah. And limiting <laughs> belief evaporated. And with some things that's actually worked, where it doesn't come up as much, but with some of the deeper ones at the, like, core root of your being, it takes many rounds and many practices. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, for me, that, like, um, a lot of those practices and stuff, um, I got from Tara Brock.
2: Okay, I was that was my next question. Yeah. Um, so, who's that?
0: Uh, she's a uh, Buddhist uh, psychotherapist. Okay. And, like, about 15 years ago, uh, they came up with this process to meet limiting beliefs. And I also have other processes from uh, neuro-linguistic programming that help to um, use, like, kinesthetic. Like, you use your body to walk through that oh. and so you're doing it with somebody else and it's a like a coaching tool um, that I think also is really helpful and both of them in combination work really well together.
2: Oh, awesome. Um, so like I guess she's kind of like your... She's my
0: favorite. I went to see her this summer in New York. And
2: um, it was so good, it was wonderful. Is she like accessible? I like Gabrielle totally, Bernstein because she's like so accessible.
0: Tara Brock is really accessible, she has a uh, free podcast and she releases them every week, and it's on different topics each week. They're sort of like Dharma talks, yeah, which is, like a pop- popular Buddhist thing.
2: Those kind of spiritual guides are always like really important, but at home, like what does your support system look like?
0: I have a spiritual advisor that. She's like 70 years old and has been doing this work and I'm, I, I really, I think we really identify and relate to each other like you know when you find somebody and they sort of just get you mm-hmm. and speak your language and they understand the way you think and we really connect. And I also have a coach, a master coach who's been working for a while. He helps me when when some challenges come up with clients or with myself and my own work and my own journey.
2: Your own personal life. Yeah. You mentioned that like kind of like a lot of the physical aspects of like working through stuff. Are there other things you do, like, physically, like, in terms of exercise or something that, like, help you to manage everything that's going on, kind of, like, business and in your head and all that stuff? Yeah,
0: so especially since going through this transition myself, I realized that, like, I really have to up my game in terms of, like, taking care of myself in terms of, like, stress relief for exercise, and it's really easy to be, like, because I'm a solopreneur, like, there isn't like other people to delegate my work to so it's easy to just like work for ten hours straight and have no work life balance. Yeah. But really like making sure that like okay here are the things that I need for my own like mental health and well being, which involve like eating well, working out, seeing friends, seeing family, having like making sure I'm staying like I have a meditation practice and you know, when those things start falling off the sides I can feel it mm-hmm. you know like i'm more irritable i'm probably feeling more like an imposter i'm you know less grounded and in order for me to be of service to my clients like i need to take really good care of myself
2: what kind of meditation do you practice at this
0: point it's a mix of like i've been meditating for 12 years now and it's a mix of um I I can't remember what it's called, but there's, like, the Shambhala Center for Meditation. And it's a Buddhist practice where you either use a mantra or focus on your breath or a sound. Mm -hmm. And I'll do, like, 15 or 20 minutes of silent meditation. And continue to, when I catch myself thinking, just bring myself gently back to whatever my anchor is.
2: Mm -hmm. And then in terms of, like, an investment, let's say, for someone who like, me, who's, like, I have all these ideas, and I don't know, and I'm tired, and I, like, hate my body, and I hate myself, but I love myself, but I don't know, like, what would you say, like, where should that person, like, invest in terms of, like, whether it's, like, a coach, or it's a TM meditation, like, workshop, or, or what, like, where do you think people should, like, focus their resources just to start finding Mm -hmm. their way?
0: Well, I think, um, for some people, it depends how stuck they are, Mm -hmm. or how they... Identify with being stuck. So, if it's like something where you've just been like struggling with the same thing for a year and watching yourself like repeat the same pattern over and over and over again, and you've already tried 15 things, like that would be the time to get a coach or get more solid, like external help, mm-hmm. uh, in my perception. Um, and I think if it's more like, you know, I'm curious, I have like a bit of discomfort, or I'm like struggling a little bit in this area and I want to like, strengthen my muscles, like, I think a meditation practice is really important okay. um, as mm-hmm. a base, as a foundation, because, like, doing that helps you to differentiate, like, that helps you to become more aware of, like, what's going on inside of you what's going on around you, you know, starting from that point. And also, I mean, I did this and I found it helpful because there was a lot of people that found coaching inaccessible just because of the price the tag. Price tag. And so, I was trying to figure out, like, okay, well, how do I make coaching accessible? And so, like, three or four of my tools that I end up coming up over the course of, like, eight sessions with a one-on-one client, I packaged into a group coaching workshop. Mm. So, people that were, like, curious, they wanted to leave with, like, concrete tools. Um, I did it in, like, a three-hour workshop, and it was really successful, and, like, kept picking up speed last year Mm -hmm. um, where people were like oh my god I want to do like a six session group thing so I've been starting to think like how to and there's a lot of coaches and healers and different types of people that do that they they make it accessible through workshops and stuff.
2: Great. Who besides your parents like has had the biggest impact on your life? Can you name one person?
0: Um, his name's Mick. When I was in rehab, he was my counselor, and he was like six foot four and like three hundred pounds, and like had been in jail. And I really just connected with this. He was terrifying at first. I was <laughs> like, Oh my god, I can't believe that I have to open up to this man. But we really just um, connected. Like I felt like he really loved me and had my best interests at heart, and he knew. He knew how to speak to me to, like, get the best out of me. And, like, unfortunately, he passed away a few years ago. But he really... He saved my life.
2: It's a big impact. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. So you've had a lot of success. But, like, what is one goal that you failed to achieve in this process? Or maybe you haven't failed, but, like, you I had to put on the back focus. burner. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, that's a bit different.
0: Like, I think... Focusing my energy, which is like We might have to explore this a little bit more, but yeah yeah. um, I have a lot of ideas and I get really excited like especially like I meet new people They have ideas. They want to collaborate on things and like if I'm not careful I'll have like 15 different projects going on and then I'll get like overwhelmed and then I it's like, you can't do anything well then. So that I'm, I've been struggling with balancing, like being in explorer mode and being open and saying yes to things. And then also focusing in so that my business and brand can be successful. And I'm like, you know, am I doing coaching? Am I doing consulting? Am I doing retreats? Am I doing workshops? Am I, Yeah. you know, so I think I can get like overwhelmed in that and I also know that this is part of the process of me narrowing down but
2: yeah focusing that's hard do you have a struggle that you carry with you from personal to professional or from professional to personal like some some kind of baggage that like I don't know some people are single and like they have this kind of self-doubt because they can't find someone or whatever that translates into something in their professional life or I don't know something like that I think for me
0: anxiety and I think I have like a lot of shame that comes up around that and then at the same time I'm like comfortable to share it on the podcast I guess, yeah. but like I, I've been I've struggled with anxiety from the time I was like very young and I think, like, for me, the definition of anxiety is, like, fear of the future, mm. and I've found, like, different tools and different methods, but I feel like it takes a lot of energy for me to manage my anxiety, and sometimes I have, like, really good days, but, you know, I've ta- I've chosen to, like, not take medication and to use more, like, holistic methods, but I think for me, how I really struggle is if I wake up one day and I'm filled with anxiety, and I know that it's going to take a lot of my energy to just try to maintain my anxiety so that I can like get out the door and like go to my client meetings or even sit with someone that I'm coaching mm-hmm. you know f- for me a really important element of coaching is being fully present and attentive to somebody else and what's really cool is even if I'm in an extremely anxious state I'm able to put my feelings and anxiety aside and be present for that hour and then I pick my anxiety up right when I walk out the door which is like <laughs> a curious thing but um Yeah, that's something that I struggle with where, like, that opens the door to a bit of self-doubt where I'm just like, man, like, how am I, you know, especially because I'm working for myself and by myself, like, I need to show up. Yeah. And so it's like, how do I deal with that? And I feel that increased pressure, which, like, makes anxiety go up. Mm -hmm. So I think just, like, dealing with that and managing that and also, like, having compassion and, like, trusting that this is part of my process and... You know.
2: And what are some like ways that you manage it? Um I mean meditation obviously, but are there some
0: meditation, um, exercise, um, picking up the phone and talking to somebody about it so it's not like I'm keeping a big secret. Yeah. Um, I also do something else I It's called timeline therapy. Where I'll um it's it's actually been really helpful where like I'll float a like I'll it's a visualization, so I'll like Close my eyes and float above the present moment. Mm-hmm. And I'll go ahead. So like let's pretend I'm feeling anxious about like a specific event. Like maybe I'm really feeling really anxious about this, this podcast. Yeah. Um, so I would like imagine myself 15 minutes after the successful completion of this meeting. And then from that point turn around and look back to the present moment and ask myself, where's the anxiety now? And like without fail, every single time I can't find the anxiety anymore. And it sort of just like brings me back to like a a calm, grounded place. You know, a few hours later or whatever, like my mind somehow has like picked up speed and I've like found something new to feel anxious about. Yeah.
2: What if you know it's like a personal question kind of. What if you know it's like gonna be a negative experience? How do you like, let's say you have to break up with someone, or you have to have a conversation with someone that you know is like a hard conversation. I think the thing is, is like, so successful completion doesn't
0: mean that it's, it was positive. I'm uh, just like, uh, you don't want, you can't like lie to yourself in that. It's more like I like survived this experience and I'm okay. Yeah, and I'm also realizing <laughs> that like, one anxiety is a normal part of life, and a lot of people don't talk about this stuff. So it's easy to feel isolated in that, which is a huge part of feeling anxiety. Yeah, Uh, Feeling like I'm alone and, you know, why do I feel like this? I shouldn't be feeling like this. Nobody else looks like they feel like this. It's like this, like, silent, quote-unquote, killer. (laughs) And, you know, just realizing that, like, I'm not alone. This is part of the human experience and there's nothing wrong with me. I'm just, like, I... And I think even in my recent process of, like, being like, making a decision to, like, leap and be self-employed, that's going to come with, like, a lot of uncertainty. And with that, probably some anxiety of just, like, hmm, I wonder, like, if I'm going to be able to pay my mortgage. And, like, I, you know, just, like, a lot of questions, more questions and different questions. Seems so like starting a new job yeah. or anything new.
2: For sure. It's all tough, man. Uh, <laughs> do you think that overcoming something like addiction actually gives you the confidence to like really be successful in coaching and in your career and like once when you get agency and really like do the things that you want to do do you think that having overcome something like that actually kind of like gives you the confidence to pursue these things with no um yeah especially when I remember that so like um
0: like I have opportunities to like speak in front of groups about my experience with addiction and in different settings and, and places and stuff and you know, when I remember my story and, like, how resilient I was and that I survived and what those challenges felt like, like, what I'm facing now feels, like, minuscule in comparison. Mm -hmm. And if, like, if I don't remember that, then, like, today's problems feel, like, huge and insurmountable. Mm -hmm. But the truth is that I think overcoming that and seeing how I was able to like bounce back connect like develop a relationship with myself and go from a place where i was like hurting myself and rejecting myself to learning how to love myself and accept myself for who i am is you know that's literally the experience of recovery
2: yeah amazing so my last question will be what 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 makes you the, feel the most like beautiful or powerful what is the moment when you feel that in, in life i
0: think it's, it's definitely through connection It feels two ways, either when I feel seen and heard, and um, I've said something where, like, you can feel that, like, magic or when something resonates Mm -hmm. and someone's really listening to you, and I feel that on the same, on the other side, where when I... Actually, this reminds me of, like, a specific experience where... It felt like a power that was like, it wasn't like on an ego level. It was just like I felt empowered and empowering where um, I was working with somebody as a coach and we'd been working together for a while and I'd seen like how much she'd grown and transformed and she was at a point where she was practically Mm self-coaching. And I I had this experience where I felt like I said... um, I said, you don't need me anymore, um, you know, we can stop coaching, and it came from this place of, like, such deep love, of where, like, I just talked myself out of a job, <laughs> where I was just, like, and there was something so empowering about that level of truth, Yeah, that, like, it brought tears to my eyes in, in the session, and, and uh, like, for me, that's, like, that's power like that's a whole other
2: and success yeah too yeah you like really change someone's life and that person will go and really change someone's life
0: well yeah and it actually almost felt more I felt like a witness like I felt like I was holding space for someone to discover their own strength Mm -hmm. which to me that's coaching
2: perfect (laughs) thank you so much we'll end there that's perfect
0: Uh. We be grinding our week just to find us a guest. First round of funding, it's time to invest. Pardon me if you are leave unimpressed, but pardon me if you are leave all obsessed. So you can hold me accountable, following my dreams and working like an animal. I'm doing something tangible, and everything, anything. You